ESPN 690 and Action Sports Shacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! Well, what are we doing, bro? Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love and really celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio. ESPN 690. Hey, it's football at 5 on a Friday, and that means we're talking some high school football. We got big Friday night, week number 8 of the high school football season. Kind of feels like August a little bit out here right now. We've had, uh, by the time the sun goes down, be a beautiful evening. We've actually had some pretty good uh, weather overall for high school football this year. Obviously, had the one rain out or hurricane out uh, because of Hurricane Ian. Brent Martin, Casey Kurtz, we take you up until 6 o'clock. Then it's overtime with Kurtz and Middleton until 7 o'clock. Then at 9 o'clock, it's a Blitz scoreboard show. Casey hangs around. I'll be there as well. And our head coach and Hall of Famer, Kevin Sullivan, will join us as well. Then we hand off to the Friday Night Blitz, 1030 on Fox 30 and 1115 on CBS 47 and Fox 30. So full day ahead when it comes to high school football. Uh, just great to be out here at Andrew Jackson High School on Main Street as uh, we've got a 630 kick. We have senior night, a lot of festivities, and we have a long-going rivalry between Riverside and Jackson that will uh, take place tonight. Friday is presented by Nimnick Buick GMC and Baker Sports. And let's say hello to... Our coach, our Hall of Famer, Kevin Sullivan, and we're at your field, Coach. It says it right there, Kevin Sullivan Field, and Kevin Sullivan's on the line. That's uh, kind of wacky. Yeah, that's that's still uh, still pretty wild, man. Still pretty wild. But uh, you took a nice picture today and sent it to me, and uh, they still hadn't taken it down, so I guess it's still real. <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. Uh, give us a little bit of a taste of this one. I. I saw uh, Clayton Freeman, actually. I stole this from him. I did not reel it from the Florida Times Union. Does a fantastic job covering high school sports. 1927, this rivalry yep. goes back to. And obviously, it was Lee and Jackson, now Riverside and Jackson. They changed their name recently. Uh, and I think if I saw this correctly, I don't think the Tigers have beaten them much uh, recently uh, since, well, probably you were roaming the <laughs> sidelines. Yeah, we, we beat them 13 uh, uh, 13- 12 out of 13, we played them twice two years in a row because we had them in the in the playoffs and in the regular season. One year, we beat them in overtime both years. Uh, always a really good game. Uh, and then uh, it's been pretty much uh, Lee Riverside uh, since 2010. And then, uh, remember, they stopped playing, I think, at 16 for a couple years. And then, of course, we got them back on the schedule last year. Wanted to make sure we renewed the rivalry. You got to play the rivalry games. Doesn't matter. Who's good? Who's not good? Who's getting beat bad? Got to always play the rivalry games. Kevin Sullivan with us. This game used to be played in the then known as Gator Bowl, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the legendary Corky Rogers had a picture of the Lee Jackson game back uh, when his dad was at enrolled in school at Jackson. And everybody dressed up in the, as the old Southern Bells with their hats, and everybody dressed up with ties. And he had a great panoramic shot of one side of the Gator Bowl hanging in his man cave uh, that I got to share with him. He got to share that with me uh, a few years ago when I got back into town in 1990, 91 or so. So it was pretty, uh, pretty neat. A lot of history, a lot of great players played in this game. 
Well, and you know Jackson very well. You've been around this thing for a long time, but also came back to it and handed off to Coach Foy and hired him, and you're running the athletic uh, department for a bit there, and now you can finally safely retire to those mountains I think you're at uh, coming up this weekend. Um, the Jackson is, is good. Like, this is not like, hey, they're pretty good. Not Like, they're good. Uh, and obviously you got Pup and, and Grayson Pup Howard, uh, he's a terrific uh, defensive player, terrific young man. You hear us talk about him probably from time to time. He's headed to South Carolina. That's on the defensive end of things. But uh, they have a nice three-headed uh, monster, if you will, on the offensive side with King Johnson yep. and uh, Terrence Holland and Fred Gaines. Uh, gosh, I feel like Gaines has been here forever now. Um, they can really beat you in a variety of ways. And uh, Riverside is a little bit tough to predict. They were very good on defense early in the year. Then they gave up a bunch, and now they had a nice outing, actually, last right, week in a loss week. against Trinity. So I kind of don't know what to expect from Riverside, but you do know what to expect from Jackson, Coach. Yeah, they're they're giving up less than 10 points a game. You know, they lost week zero to Brunswick, which is probably a blessing for them. Got them focused in, but they've played really well. And offensively, you know, they've been a work in progress. Terrence Holland sort of unsung on offense of what they're doing. Um, as far as getting him the ball in space, making guys miss games. They play him at wide out, running back. And then Jonathan Jackson, who really, when Gaines was out for a couple weeks, really carried him in the backfield. Jonathan's been around for four years, been there. Gaines has been there four years. That's the thing I like about the Jackson kids. When the when we brought Foy in, we didn't have a lot of kids leaving. You know, actually, our thing was, you know, those that remain will be champions. And uh, sort of that's what's going on now. And, and that's what's really neat about this group of kids, this group of seniors, most of these kids have been there the whole time. Most well, of this group has stayed through the ups and downs, especially early on, and they believe in what Coach Foy and his staff's doing, and it's a tribute to those kids and what's going on in Main Street. Well, absolutely, and, and that was a big thing for a while. I mean, we've talked about it nonstop. I mean, people were leaving. They were, get, they were going to other places. They were transferring. Uh, I think First Coast experienced a bunch of that, and now it looks like they've settled that down at least this year for Marty Lee. And so it's hard to have a consistent program if you got guys leaving and, and being poached <laughs> to some yep. degree. Um, but I think uh, it feels like that whole thing, actually, Coach, has settled down in a lot of yes. places. I'm sure there's still some leaving, but, you know, free agent Florida became a thing about a handful of years ago now. And I like the coaches in place here at Jackson, what you guys and Foy did, have done. Uh, I think First Coast has settled that. I don't know as much about it, but I believe they have, uh, as Marty's about to probably hand that program off here after this year. And then you've got, like, Reigns. They don't have that problem, but Rebolt has steadied it. We just talked about that game last yep. week and, and had Coach on, Coach Pinkney. So, uh, at Riverside, same deal, right? I mean, with O.J. Small and the run they had, nobody was going anywhere. That was great. Now you got the new field over Like, I don't know. Am I, do I have that right? Do I have people are – I don't feel like there's as much movement maybe as there was the last uh, four or five years. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think, uh, you know, and, and even over at Ed White, I mean, even though the Ed White got a bunch of tra a, a few transfers, I wouldn't say a bunch, most of their guys, the Patterson brothers, Isaiah Teal, those guys are homegrown kids. You know what I mean? So most of those guys are there, and I, I think that's what's the good thing about it. I know it gets a lot of negativity, and, and the transfers and the private schools get a bad name uh, sometimes, but the public schools the same thing. They're, they're getting kids moving in and out. But I think the nucleus of what you're doing and trying to build and trying to build some of these programs is really great. And I think we're getting a little bit more, like you said, a little bit more guys staying around and fight through adversity and making their program and playing with their guys they grew up with.
We are live at Kevin Sullivan Field. Friday is presented by Nimic Buick GMC and Baker Sports. And Kevin Sullivan joins us on the line each and every uh, Friday football at 5 as we talk high school. And, I mean, wow, Coach, we got a heck of a night. Oh, we got this man. one here. But, I mean, you might not have, and, and I don't know, I don't really look around the state like this. We're focused in on this area. But I'm not sure you have two better games on paper than the ones we have uh, down in St. John's County and then over at Trinity. So you got UC and Trinity, 18 state championships combined. And then you've got Creekside and Bartram. And there's going to be, I, I hesitate to say 10,000, but it might, oh, definitely. it might approach 10,000 people down there in St. John's County. And Bartram's undefeated, and Bartram has owned the series. But Creekside, the last couple of years under Sean McIntyre, has really brought it. And they've surprised people this year. Like, can they beat Bartram? They almost did it last year. I mean, those two games... I'm not sure you got better than that in the state. I'm sure somebody else would say something down in Miami or in the Panhandle, but that's pretty good. No, I, I'm telling you right now, those two games, the Bartram and Creekside, you know, Creekside last year, we thought, you know, heck, they're in field goal range. They're only down by two. They're going to kick this field goal late. Yeah. And then they throw an interception in the end zone trying to make a play. And uh, then Bartram ends up winning. But the UC and Trinity game, you tell me that hadn't been circled on UC's calendar because this is – I mean, UC's been good and solid and done really good, but but imagine in the same district, everything's ramped up a little bit more. UC having a tremendous year. Trinity, you're being Trinity, everybody knows, but UC, this is the game for them, I guarantee you, they've circled on the calendar. Yeah, and so I guess I would say this. I feel like, and I think the public would say, we don't do lines in high school football, but Trinity feels like still a prohibitive favorite in that game. Uh, their defense is not as good as it's been. Their offense, though, and the firepower is almost unstoppable. Creekside, they don't play defense. They give up like 30 a game. And, but they've <laughs> well, been don't, opportun- co- don't tell Coach McIntyre that. <laughs> well, I mean, the numbers don't lie there. I mean, they've You're been right. opportunistic, you know, when needed. Their return game in special teams has been outstanding. Very good. And their offense has been, I think, so much better than people thought with the two-headed monster at quarterback. Bartram, we already know. They're seasoned. They can win a variety of ways. We talked about it last week with Coach Darrell Sutherland. But, I, I mean, I would think Bartram's still a pretty decent favorite tonight given their squad, and I would say Trinity as well. Yes. And so – I mean, you're, you're talking about UC trying to upset Trinity. You're talking about Creekside still at home trying to upset Bartram, right? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, uh, they, they narrowed the gap. Creekside to Bartram narrowed the gap. But Bartram's still the favorite. And you, and Trinity's always going to be the favorite. Doesn't matter who they're playing unless they get Chaminade in the state championship game. But uh, both those teams. But, but UC, you know. With Oral Gray, this horse Riles, Riles, you know they got they've got some weapons. They played some good people and beat some good people. And I, I know that circled. I'm telling you, you see, this is their game. This is the game that puts them back in the conversation again. And you know the funny thing about it too, especially UC and Trinity, is they're probably playing in four weeks again in the playoffs somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how do you do that? Like how do you treat that? Like what they probably are, Coach. So if you're on one of those sidelines, especially you see as an underdog, are you saving stuff? No, you, you're winning the district. Winning the district. District championships still matter. And, and so so it's it's nothing. Like, you're not planning for that. You can't assume that's going to happen down the road. You just got to go get this one. 
Yeah, you gotta you gotta win the one at hand. You always try to win the one on Friday night with the scoreboard on. You go to this one, then if you play him in second round of the playoffs or whatever, then you play him again, and whatever happens happens. But the district championship's important. People, you know, they've tried to downplay that in the past, uh, not having districts in one through four. But people count that, man. People put it on shirts, put it on the scoreboard, put it on building district championships. Championships are important. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that's true. I mean, I, I know my kids were playing ball in high school, and I think when the district championship was pretty cool. Um, yeah, Kaylee had the chance to do that in softball, and I think that did mean something. So I agree with you on that front. I know there's a bigger goal, but not everybody gets to the end goal. Right, exactly. You don't know what's going to happen, right? Absolutely. You know, somebody gets so, hurt, you lose a guy, and then it's, you know. And, and I would say this, in this instance, they have lost so many times. Like, I think the story is UC hasn't beaten Trinity since, like, 1992. Yes. So who cares when you beat them? You right. just want to beat them. Like Creekside, I think has lost. They've only won once over Blanchard ever. Mm-hmm. So like you've got to beat them when you can beat them. So I agree with you. I think it's like you don't say, man. Well, by the way, the Creekside Bartram situation is different. Creekside, if they lose this game, like they have no chance. They probably aren't going to win the district anyway. But they have no chance if they lose this game. And then they've got to start worrying about the points and the placement. Yep. Right now they're sitting in a pretty good spot. I think at number four. Mm-hmm. Bartram is number one or two. I think they're number one. And Bartram, if they lost, can still get in. They might not win the district. They still got to play Buholz. We'll see what happens. But, I mean, that's a totally different scenario. And so this game actually means more to Creekside, I think, in a lot of different ways. Now, anybody from Bartram listening right now on their way over to Creekside is like, yeah, hell it does. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, I agree with you there. I think Creekside, in their mind, we got to win to keep our hopes alive. To have a chance, maybe do the shoot. But I don't know if they're going to do the shootout on a three-way or whatever three-way tie in the district. So they've got to keep going. But, but it means a lot to Bartram too. Uh, you know, yeah. Coach Southern and those kids at Bragging Rights Creekside formed from them ten years ago or nine years ago, whatever it is. You know what I mean? A lot of those kids grew up together. So yeah, it, it's important. Don't don't downplay that. It's important for both sides. Oh, trust me, Coach. You don't have to tell you me. You know, and you know. <laughs> You definitely know. <laughs> you do not have to tell me. Hey, there's a there's a there's a Wednesday fall ball game that might be important. <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that. Um, all right, hey, we got some other ones though too. All right, those are obvious. There's that's what I'm saying. They're massive games. A great week. Oakleaf at Buholz. Can Oakleaf get them? Because Oakleaf right now is in a spoiler type of situation, and they are dangerous, man. I mean, Buholz. Buell's really good. I saw them. They're, yep. they, they are extremely talented. I think they're probably the most dangerous team there is, even in this incredible district. But Oakleaf can get them now. Yeah, Oakleaf's got enough athletes, and they do enough offensively. They can really cause you issues and everything. But I, I don't know. You know, you hope you hope they have a chance to spoil, but I, I think Buell, they know what's on stake because they're setting up that, that Bartram Trail. Uh, hopefully Bartram Trail uh, – district championship Buholtz district championship in a week or two yeah and that is at Buholtz by the way uh here's the one I really like and I'm wondering can Englewood get Fletcher Fletcher's won five in a row we keep talking about the job Seatric Faison is doing and he just keep winning games in his first two years as the head coach but Englewood is sneaky now Englewood uh, they almost had it they're thinking over there last week against Episcopal and they lost can they get Fletcher uh, I think I think they got a chance, but I, I mean, if I was going to be a bet man, it'd be about a thirty percent chance. I think Fletch is really going to be focused in on what they're doing. Coach has got them playing really well. Big win last week against Ed White, um, and I, I think that uh, good good job for Inglewood. But I think Fletcher's going to do that one. 
Middleburg's at Columbia. Mandarin at Fleming Island. That's not a district game, but that's kind of two heavy hitters. And, again, these games matter from a point system point if you're going to sneak yep. in the playoffs. So I, this is cool because all these games matter, <laughs> yes. district or not. This late, yep. Here's the one outlier, Coach, which is interesting to me. Nice, by their expectation and hope and everything else, is not having a very good season. They're one in six. Yet they're still alive yep. for their district championship because it's separated down there uh, with uh, only a three-team district. And right. so they have Flagler Palm Coast tonight. But in a sense, wasn't this new system supposed to get us away from, like, the two-win or three-win playoff team? Yeah, but, you know, best laid plans, right? Best <laughs> yeah, laid plans. I, well, it just shows you can't blanket statement it, right? It's you can't, no. There's always a loophole in or out. And Nice has a chance now to be that loophole uh, and would be dangerous, especially with the way their offense can score points. Yeah, they've been giving up a lot on defense. But, you know, with Marcus Stokes, he's getting comfortable what they're trying to do. Graduated a ton of kids, 33 seniors a year ago. They're not playing bad. They were playing a little bad, I'd say, early. But yeah. the middle part of the year, I think they're playing pretty good. They're just playing good people, and they're losing a touchdown, you know, three points here, a touchdown there. So, uh, yeah, this is good. FBC's good. They got to beat last week. Uh, upset, I, b- I believe, last week. And um, they've lost two of the last three. But this one's big for them. FPC wins tonight. They win the district. Nice wins. They got a, they're got they in a pretty good spot. Yeah, and I saw Flagler Palm Coast beat uh, Pontevedra a couple weeks back on a Monday night. That was a pretty good game. And, yeah, they, they're, they're pretty good. So we'll see what happens. You said it. I mean, Nice got to stop somebody. They really yeah. have not been able to stop really anybody on that side of the football. All right, one more to give you as a preview, and, and uh, we'll have all these covered for you on the Blitz Scoreboard Show. Uh, we'll have the call-ins with the coaches, of course, the analysis from Coach Kevin Sullivan, uh, and uh, the scores and some highlights. Remember, now, that show, if you watch it on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, we show you live action. Uh, this game, the ending of it, Jackson and Riverside, as long as it's not over. Some of the early starts are, are over by the time we go on at 9. Uh, but we'll get some action on it. Last week we showed Pontevedra's final drive over Bishop Kenny. Yep. Ended up being a two-point conversion for the win. Like That's what we do on that show if you can check it out on social media. Uh, so make sure you do it. You can always listen on ESPN 690. It'll be candy for the ears, too, in the high school football ranks. Uh, but let me take you, but Bishop Kenny, that's a big one now. They've got a tough stretch. We already talked about it a lot. They, that was a tough loss last week. They played well enough to win, lost it at the gun. And now you get Episcopal who feels pretty good about themselves. Eagles only one loss on the season, Coach. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's a really good game. I mean, they they're separated by about seven blocks on Atlantic Boulevard. I hope they have a trophy, the Atlantic Boulevard Bowl or something like that. But uh, yeah, I think tonight, you know, I think maybe Bishop Kenny getting that loss last week might help them in the long run because sometimes there's a good loss on your on you. Nobody likes to lose, but there is a good loss. The kids get refocused. Tighten up a little bit. A lot of bragging rights between the two private schools. Pistols had a nice year. Don't know if they've played uh, the type of competition, but they've won the ones they've had to. But I, but I think Kenny, I like Kenny in this one. Kevin Sullivan with us. We're at Kevin Sullivan Field. He's actually up, I think, in the Clemson area at TDs where we've done this radio <laughs> show before when we went to Pro Day for Trevor Lawrence and we went through Clemson uh, to do a story before Trevor got drafted. We were up there at TDs. And, and by the way, the reason we were there is because Coach uh, has some buddies up that way. I think that owned the restaurant. Yes, and sir. so uh, we did the show from there a couple of times. So I know exactly where you're at. You're, you're up there, but FSU Clemson, is down here. Actually, I'm in Tallahassee, Brett. 
Oh, you are in Tallahassee. Oh, yeah. you said you were just yeah. hanging out with the yeah. They came. Uh, the they guys. came okay, down. They came here. Yeah, they came down. The Collinses that owned TDs came down. My good buddy for forty years, and uh, we went. We met him, and uh, we're hanging out. And uh, yeah, he's excited about here. And you know, we're, we, like we said, no, doesn't matter who wins tomorrow. We're gonna have a good time. All yeah. the kids are coming too. My daughter-in-law, my son, and then my daughter will be here. So yeah, pretty excited. Got to good. see soccer. FSU soccer beat Duke last night, so that was fun. So they're yeah. good, right? FSU soccer still good. Yeah, they're ranked fourth. I think they're like ten, one, and two. Yeah, on yeah, the year, ranked fourth in the country. Have a daughter's the athletic trainer there, so it's what? fun to keep uh, most most soccer I've ever watched the last four years of my life. <laughs> That's all right. Hey, uh, well, let me ask you a take on on tomorrow night. Then, I mean, the, are the Knolls good enough to beat Clemson? Clemson's not like the unstoppable machine, but they certainly look like they're getting better. Uh, and FSU, man, like you've heard me say it, probably you, you know where I'm coming. Like that was just such a bad loss. Uh, yes. They, they should have kicked the field goal. They should have ran it. They should have done whatever. And it was such a miss. And five and one would feel so much better right now. And this yep. game wouldn't seem as important. It would almost feel like, you know, what? it's gravy if you win it. But now it takes on importance. You don't want to lose three in a row and lose the momentum. Mike Norvell and Florida State built. Can they beat them? Yeah, I, I think they can beat them. I think Clemson's pretty good. I think they're really moving really good defensively. Offensively, I still think they're trying to figure it out. I think DJ, uh, their quarterback, has to has to run it a little bit more. And I think if you make him throw it to beat you, I think you've probably got a pretty good chance. But he's been running the ball a little bit more where last year he wouldn't do that and get more comfortable. They're really good on defense. And Florida State, you know, like you said, I think they let that one get away last week. They really dominated the first half. And they made a play a little bit conservative and had a chance on the last drive uh, to win that. So, uh, you know, it's still – Florida State's still a year away. I still think they're a year away because they don't really lose a lot of guys coming back. But I think it's fun, again, that they're in the conversation with the Clemson, in the conversation with teams that are ranked in the top 15. And uh, it's going to be a great crowd here tomorrow, sold out again. You know, that's you just brought something up that is pretty cool because it's been like a five-year absence yes. to see the atmosphere you're getting in Tallahassee tomorrow night. You had it a couple of weeks ago with Wake Forest as well. Like, that is good. But, again, that's what I'm talking about. That's the momentum you've got to keep. You lose yes. three in a row, it's hard to get that crowd again. Uh, people are giving up on you a little bit, and then show me more. We know all about that here in Jacksonville. It just happened over the last couple of weeks with the Jags. Show me more now. Now you got to go beat Indianapolis, and then we'll be back out there and, and think you can beat the Giants. Like, that's what happens with these teams when they've struggled. So it's a big moment tomorrow night, but it should be an electric atmosphere at Dope Camp. Yeah, we'll it should have fun be a lot there. of fun. All right, buddy. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll I'll talk, talk to you tonight. All righty. Uh, that is Kevin Sullivan. Ironically, we're at Kevin Sullivan Field uh, here on Main Street where Coach uh, Coach. So long. Part of the reason he's in the FHSAA Hall of Fame is because of his time here uh, at Jackson, obviously, also coached at White and Atlantic Coast in the area, and then came back to Jackson and uh, helped put him in a good place. And uh, Jackson's 5-1 and one and getting ready to roll tonight, a 6.30 kickoff against Riverside in our game of the week with Action Sports Jacks. Friday is presented by Nimick Buick GMC and Baker Sports. More football at 5 continues right after this. It's funny they're playing the Ravens. I don't care what you guys say. Daniel Jones, a poor man's Lamar Jackson. Poor man's Lamar Jackson. He's fast. He can make the throws. Um, you can you can design plays for him. He can tuck it and run. He, he can do a lot of things. And doesn't have any receivers. 
And actually, Lamar's got better receivers than Daniel Jones. How's Max Kellerman from KJM in the morning? Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, Max Kellerman. I was listening this morning. I wanted to give Max a hug. Daniel Jones love yeah. and support. It's, it's you and him, and that's it. Yeah, it wasn't going very well. I think uh, they had um, Harry Douglas was filling in for Jay Williams today. He was. And uh, he was trying to make that point. I, I, can, I guess I knew what he was saying, but I don't think you're going to talk too many people into that. Brian Dable does have Daniel Jones playing some pretty good football overall, meaning really mistake-free football, and that's the key because the defense okay. you got Saquon Barkley, who's really finally the guy everybody thought he would be now that he's healthy. And, uh, well, the Giants are winning games. They are 4-1. and one. And they come to Jacksonville, by the way, next week. Brent Martin, O'Casey, okay, Kurtz, football at 5. Here on ESPN 690, Friday's presented by Nimnick Buick GMC. We're right here at the G- GMC Sierra Tailgate, which we are every Friday. Uh, also presented by Baker Sports. We're getting ready for Riverside and Jackson. They've got senior night uh, festivities about to happen for the football players, the band, also the cheerleaders. That is coming up. We'll be our uh, Friday Night Blitz game of the week. So we'll have all the highlights for you and the reaction tonight on TV on Fox 30 and CBS 47. And we'll talk about this one a bunch and show you some live action on uh, the Blitz Scoreboard Show at 9 o'clock until 10.30 on ESPN 690 and the social media channels. That's really where you want to catch that show if you can on YouTube or on Twitter. Uh, You can do Facebook and Twitch as well. Uh, But catch the show for some of the live action and peeks in from around the area. Hey, update on the baseball uh, Cleveland, the Guardians, beat the Yankees 4-2 to in 10 innings. So they scored two in that inning. They win 4-2. to uh, And Judge now, eight at-bats this postseason, seven Ks. So that's becoming quickly a storyline in New York and in baseball because he was so magnificent all year long. But, Casey, Judge struggled down the stretch now. Remember, he was pacing some 67, 68, maybe even more home runs at one time. And those last couple of weeks got to him. you got to wonder, did that whole thing just take him out of rhythm and sink? And right now he is sinking at the plate. Yeah, I mean, it certainly looks that way. The end of the season, I mean, he got the home runs he needed, but barely, barely got there. So, yeah, I think that was probably weighing on him, and now it's carried into the postseason. And for the Yankees, they can't really – afford that to happen because outside of Aaron Judge, well, they're just not that good. And you can argue with me if you want. I know you're not going to. I just meant the listeners. But, you know, Anthony Rizzo, Josh Donaldson, like, I'm not scared of that. I mean, Harrison Bader's okay, but I'm really not scared of the Yankees outside of Judge. And Cleveland winning this game on the road, that's a big one for them. Now they go home with one in their pocket, obviously, one-to-one in the series. So, some to monitor at the bare minimum. Well, and the other uh, game going right now, 0-0 in the bottom of the third. This is a big swing game. The Braves and Phillies. It's been a good series so far. Two good games to start. And uh, now you've got uh, a 0-0 game early on. We'll see if the Phillies have any magic, if the Braves uh, now will just take over this series. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. is in the lineup. He stayed in that game the other night, and he is in the lineup. So there's that. Uh, Strider is on the mound. There's some uh, debate on how long he can go. Uh, based on his injury, he's already into the third inning and has thrown 44 pitches and has done a uh, good job to this point. And uh, Aaron Nola is the pitcher, and they've got to feel really good in Philly about uh, him going today, even though Strider's very good too. But I'd take my chances with Nola if I'm Philadelphia, right? Yeah, I like Aaron Nola. I think he's really underrated. Uh, I think I think he's a really good pitcher. He, now, he's up and down, right? He has his moments where it doesn't look so good, but he's been really good so far in the playoffs, and I, I really like Aaron Noel. 
All right, so that's the update on the uh, postseason uh, so far, and we'll see what happens uh, with this game and the rest of it all weekend long in Major League Baseball. The NFL, week six, should be a dandy, could be a dandy. It didn't get off to a great start, but we kind of knew that. Just got to, uh, well, yell at the schedule makers for that with the commanders and the Bears. So let's do our one line about the NFL, week number six. Let's go, Casey. Are you ready? You got one line in you I'm for ready. each of these games. I'm ready. 49ers-Falcons. Play the Niners' defense. <laughs> That's a good idea. Uh, is this the week Kyle Pitts comes alive? No. I don't even know if he's playing. True. Yeah, I think he is. Patriots-Browns. Uh, Zap E is him. Uh, Browns quietly can put themselves in a good position by the time Watson comes back, <clears throat> uh, if he comes back. That's a good one. Good call. Uh, Jets, Packers. Zach Wilson, 3-0 and in 2022. Wow. Uh, stop the car on the Jets here. Packers will get it fixed. Keep the car going. Jaguars, Colts. Um... Somebody has to score touchdowns. Who will it be? Question mark. Just let the better team win. That's the Jacks. Yeah. They are better. They are, no doubt. Vikings, Dolphins. Would have been fun if Skyler Thompson Tompkins wasn't playing quarterback for the Dolphins. This has a Minnesota loss written all over it. That's actually true. This is Doesn't, the game that Minnesota loses. Oh, I yeah. feel like somebody's like in the survivor pool, like, hey, you got to take Minnesota, right? I mean, Minnesota, look, they're playing like this guy. Whoever, who is the guy? Nobody giving him name the quarterback. It's like, I think that Dolphins are going to actually win. <laughs> like, That'd be wild. If, if, if there is a team, I mean, there's probably a couple teams, but if there is a team that if you haven't, if you don't have a lot of faith in your quarterback or you haven't quarterbacked a bunch, let me throw it a Waddle and Hill. And Gusecki. You know, I mean, it's not a bad landing spot for a guy who nobody knows anything about. Nah, you could definitely have worse situations, absolutely. Bengals, Saints. Bengals better win. Don't know if they will. I think the Saints are on their way to a very disappointing season. Ravens, Giants. (sighs) Giants, somehow... Do it again. Really? I think so. Yeah, again, kind of... emphasis on the somehow, because I don't know how they keep doing it, but it keeps happening. Yeah, I think this is the dose of reality game for the New York Giants. Ravens win, going away. Bucks Steelers. Bucks beat another team that's inferior, still not sure if good. Yeah, I think the Steelers are really bad. Great survivor pick game. I just picked the Bucks last week. Panthers-Rams. Another survivor pick game. <laughs> oh, that's what you think, Brent, but no, 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 no. Fired coach bump. Take the spread and the money line. Carolina wins it. Wow. Fired coach bump? What about injured quarterback bump? It don't matter. Sam Darnold's going to get a chance then. I don't know. Cardinals-Seahawks. Gino continues to prove Russ was the problem. 
the noise goes up if the Cardinals lose this one. Mm -hmm. Bill Sheets. Best regular season game of all time. How is this not the Sunday night football game? Amen, brother. Amen. CBS must have protected that. Yeah. Like, they must have had first dibs and protected oh, that. Oh, my goodness. Reese Hoskins just hit a ball that will be going for a while. All-time bat flip for nothing Phillies. It was a grand slam? They had scored one before. It was a 3 runner. Oh, wow. Uh, Cowboys-Eagles. Eagles stay perfect, but Cooper Rush keeps his job. This is one of those games that's even better than you would have imagined when the schedule came out. Yeah. And after week one. True. When Dak got hurt. That's a good point. You know, when we were talking about all these, like, primetime games, like, oh, great, the Cowboys are on primetime, right? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the Cowboys after week one or week two. Like, well, at least the Jags play the Cowboys this year. Hopefully Dak's not fully back. Yeah, if Cooper Rush was bad, this would have been the earliest flex of all time. Yeah. Now nobody wants to play, I mean, the entire NFC East other than Washington. True. They are bad. Broncos Chargers. Start the Chargers defense if you can't get the 49ers. <laughs> yeah. Russ is not cooking anything, and if he does, it's burnt. I said last week I think the Chargers are going to get dangerous, and I think we're here, and it looks like Keenan Allen could play as well, so Hopefully. keep an eye on that for your fantasy folks um, out there. Better have a backup on that Monday night game if you're waiting, though. This is coming from someone that has Keenan Allen in every league. Be careful, because if he doesn't play and you get to Monday night, you don't have a Josh yeah, Palmer. Yeah, true. You don't have somebody on the Broncos, which I wouldn't recommend because Russ is bad. But, like, have a Josh Palmer in your back pocket just in case. You know, the uh, last night's game, there was a couple of things coming out of there. How about uh, the tirade from Ron Rivera? Yeah, I heard and, about that. Yeah, it, just protecting his guy, I guess. Like, I don't know. A lot of times I think... You get a lot of noise. Ron Rivera's a good man. Like, he's probably tired of all of it. He had a tough week with the Wentz comments. And I think he just finally was like, you can feel the frustration, right? I mean, they stink. Even they in do. a win, they know they stink. They can't do anything. And now you got this Wentz stuff, the Snyder stuff. I mean, Ron Rivera must be like, why didn't I just go in, like, to some booth and talk football instead of come back and coach this thing? Yeah. Like, and, and by the way, it's interesting here. We used to debate this a couple years back, and this was before Urban, that like Ron Rivera would be a great fit in Jacksonville. And I'm not saying it would have been a bad fit, but I think it's played out like I kind of figured. Ron Rivera is a very – he's a good coach. He's not a great coach in my opinion. He had two big years in Carolina and a lot of 500s. Yeah. And so he'll keep you there. He'll make you competitive. I just don't think he's ever really get – I mean, again, I shouldn't say ever. They went to the Super Bowl the one year. But it did? it's very like, – I just don't feel like, – I feel like Doug Peterson – I said this about him when he was in Philly. And, again, this wasn't between Doug Peterson and Ron Rivera, so I'm, I'm totally losing the context of it. But the one thing that I talked a lot about about Doug Peterson, even before he got hired, was I loved his ability to get his teams playing well in November and early December when it mattered. And I'm actually – I haven't talked about that a lot with Doug this year, but I'm wondering if that happens at some point, like game 8 through 12 or 8 through 13 or whatever it might be. When If you look back at Philly, even with the injury to Foles and stuff – I'm sorry, uh, Wentz and then mm -hmm. handing off the Foles, that's where they hit stride. And then even the next year, I think it was, when they, they were – they had a bad start or a rough start or they were right in the wild card mix but not a guarantee to make the playoffs, and then, boom, they took off again in, like, the late November and December. 
See, I think there's a difference between some of those guys and the guys that just hover around 500 all the time. Uh, and again, 500 is not bad overall in the NFL, but it's a little bit different. So uh, then being the, the guy that's going to get you there and put you in position. One other thing, how about the block by Wentz last night? That was terrific. That was. That was that was the highlight play for Carson Wentz last night. But, Brent, you know, I, it's, it's unfortunate we haven't gotten here until uh, 543 in the show. Are we not going to talk about the fact that Justin Fields made two incredible highlight plays last night? Uh, the run and the touchdown pass where he got absolutely leveled? Yeah, those are good plays. And I actually, mean, he put, he's so bad at times, but he also put them in position to win the game, and both those balls should have been caught for touchdowns at the end. Yeah. yeah. So he made the play. Like That's when you look at a quarterback. Like He made enough plays to win last night. But I'll tell you what, it's also very broken. And Chicago just doesn't look right. No, it, it doesn't. There's not a lot around him, but the he's the quarterback's not the problem. Yeah, I don't think he's the problem. Again, I have a lot of faith in Justin Fields, but I am worried about how much they're going to damage him. You do the clock gets ticking, and they're going. They're not going to get that much better here over the next, you know, three months. No, I'm so just. I see. He's going to go two years deep, you know, and and they better make. So, they better spend every penny to put better stuff around him in the off season. All right, let's take a break. We come back. We uh, put a bow on the show, and then overtime with Kurtz and Middleton coming up. Uh, Brent and friends on ESPN 690. Friday's presented by Nimbic Buick GMC and Baker Sports. We're live here on Main Street at Andrew Jackson High School. Game of the week, the Tigers hosting the Riverside Generals. We'll be back on ESPN 690 after this. It's Trucktober at Nimbic Buick GMC. Now's the time to get into that new GMC Sierra like the one, well, well, I'm standing next to right here on uh, ESPN 690 on a Friday afternoon. Or you can get into that new GMC Canyon you've had your eyes on with Nimnik's best price guarantee, 0% APR for well-qualified buyers through the month of October. Uh, by the way, here in the month of October, Nimnik Buick GMC is giving $1,000 bonus cash to all first responders on eligible new Buick and GMC vehicles, NimnickBuickGMC.com for eligibility. New inventory on the lot ready for delivery. They have more on the ground than they've had in over a year. So go check it out right uh, south of I-295 on Phillips Highway or check it out at NimnickBuickGMC.com. If you're in the market for a used car, if you're looking to sell your car, uh, you know where to go. Nimnick Buick, GMC, GMC. We are professional grade. Everybody, welcome back to uh, Jackson High School. Andrew Jackson High School festivities going on for senior night as we speak. Uh, the band, the cheerleaders, the football team. The football team is now about 40 minutes away from playing a game against Riverside. They, this rivalry goes all the way back to 1927. Used to play it in the Gator Bowl, and uh, they go again uh, tonight, kickoff at 630. It's our game of the week with Action Sports Jacks here on ESPN 690, also CBS 47 and Fox 30. So we are here. Big games around the area. That includes Bartram Trail and Creekside, Trinity, UC, uh, and others. But those are some of the highlights on this uh, Friday night. We talked all about it with Kevin Sullivan oh, just uh, in the last hour here on Brenton Friends on ESPN 690. Bryce Harper just went yard in a big way. The balls are flying out of Philly, Casey. Yeah, the Phillies, the Phillies got it rolling. It nothing flying for the Braves yet. We'll have to see, but that's because they haven't hit in a while. So we'll see how that plays out. But listen, I said Aaron Nola was up and down a couple minutes ago. He's usually not down to the point of six runs. So, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Phillies bullpen's pretty good. But uh, this this could be a huge swing. Well, it was 
But if they can hold on to win the game, it'll be a huge swing for the Phillies. There's no doubt about it. I love like, Hoskins had a, you mentioned the bat flip, uh, which really wasn't a bat flip. It was a bat slam. He's, yeah, he spiked it. After he hit the slam, uh, not a grand slam, but a slam of his own. And it's just funny how quickly we've adopted that to be okay. And the players have, like, Again, I think there's some old-school folks out there that watch baseball. Like, I can't believe he does that. He Back in my day. Like, nobody says that anymore of around the game. Even the managers, I don't think, and, and especially the players. Like, they used to police that. You did that even eight years ago, and you got one in your ribcage. Yeah. And it's just amazing. To, like, I think we have adapted that so quickly and change so quickly in that respect in some of the unwritten rules of baseball. Uh, and it almost surprises me sometimes, Casey. Like, you're old enough to know that. Like, yeah. when you played, if a guy did that against you, even at the high school level, you might do, especially at college, you definitely would. But as a pitcher, you're going to do something about that. And now it's not, like, I don't, and that's fine, by the way. I, I, I think it's good for the game. I think some of that emotion is cool. Like, we have emotion in all sorts of sports, and it, they're always looking at their own dugout half the t most of the time anyway. But isn't, doesn't it surprise you that even in your lifetime you could see something in the last 10 years change so quickly that's been around for a century in the sport of baseball? Yeah, it's, it's a good point. And uh, ironically, today in 2015 was when Jose Batista had the bad flip of all bad flips. And it was today? See, that's today. the one to me that changed it. Yes, that's exactly, yeah, today in uh, 2015. So, what, seven years ago? And obviously that resulted in him getting punched in the face by Ruggio Dor later the next season. You remember that? The play yes, at second base? So. Yeah, the, nobody's getting punched in the face anymore for bat flipping. So, um, yeah, it has changed. It has changed a lot. I'll tell you this, Brent, I say built different a lot on this show, right? Well, here's how I'm built different. So I used to bat flip in baseball when I got hit because then what are you going to do, hit me again? <laughs> I, Brent, I swear to you, I used to lose my mind in a hype way when I got hit. Like, it was the oddest thing. I loved it. I would scream. I would throw the bat. It was dope because then the pitcher's like, I'm not hitting that crazy kid again, and I didn't get hit again. Didn't hit a home run either. But I'm telling you, bat kids, if you're listening, Ty Martino especially, bat flip when you get drilled and the pitcher will not hit you again because he'll think you're a psychopath. All right? He might. Yeah, a little be, be a psychopath sometimes or at least act like one, and that's uh, probably not a bad thing when you're going mano a mano in sports. Don't like, different. get away from me, right? There you um, go. It is incredible. I just think that, yeah, I love watching when we can see historic things change and I don't know, that doesn't have a, a number, it's not very tangible, but we all know what we're talking about, and you just said it, it was that. Like, it was starting to happen, but it was the Bautista flip all the way back into the dugout, right? I think it was, uh, yep. almost. And yes. I mean, that was the moment, and it was seven years ago today. Like, that has literally changed in the la within the last ten years. Eight Crazy. years ago, nine years ago, we would have had brawls after a moment like that. Now it's like, throw the next pitch there and you move go. on. And don't give up another dinger. <laughs> Truly. All right. Overtime with Kurtz and Middleton coming up next. Uh, have a good show, and we'll see you back. Uh, Blitz scoreboard show yes, at 9 o'clock until 1030. Big night of high school football ahead. Thanks for listening to Bright and Friends on ESPN 690. Friday presented by Nick Buick, GMC, and Baker Sports.
sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.